Hey guys, what's up? Danny here coming at you through this video. I'm so sorry that I can't be with you guys there in person this Sunday. Melissa and I are actually traveling uh, to North Carolina, to Beulahville. It's a city in North Carolina. We're going to meet with a potential partner church over there. It's a church that wants to support uh, us, the work, the church financially. And so they flew us out there to meet the congregation today. And honestly, to brag about you guys a little bit, to let them know about the work that's going on uh, here in Bushwick. And so and I'm so sorry. I miss you guys a ton. I wish I could be there in person. Uh, but I'm out here on Troutman and Wyckoff to record this video for you guys. Let me also uh, re-emphasize what we've been talking about and what this Sunday is all about today. It's about life groups. Uh, life groups are kicking off this week. We have three to choose from, Wednesday nights, Friday nights, and Saturday mornings. Today, you're celebrating, you have food, you have dessert, you have a lot of great food and stuff to celebrate and uh, to kick off life groups, right? You get to meet your life group leaders today. And so let me just reemphasize and let me just let you know how important it is uh, to have life groups and to be plugged into a life group uh, this semester. This semester, it's 10 weeks long. You guys have been communicating to me about how important life groups are to you and how much you love it and how much you care for it. And so we've extended it an extra two weeks, so it's going 10 weeks total. It's still a small commitment of your time. Once a week, pick a group to be committed to and uh, for, for the entirety of the life group, and then you can double and triple dip as much as you'd like. But make sure you choose a life group. Make sure you meet your life group leaders and enjoy the food. So I'm on Troutman and Wyckoff, and behind me there's a mural. As you can uh, kind of see, I'm going to insert a clip of it here. If you walk down Troutman, you'll see it here. And I thought it was an appropriate place to be for what we're going to be talking about today as we continue our series fake news in the book of Galatians chapter 3. We'll be wrapping up chapter 3 today but the mural behind me it's a, the artist wanted to depict and uh, give a message about mass incarceration uh, in America and I would assume in communities of need like Bushwick where a lot of communities like Bushwick of impoverishment where there's a lot of need and there's this huge issue of the prison plumb line and mass incarceration and it's a powerful uh, depiction of uh, what is a sad reality for all too many communities here uh, in the US but I thought it was an appropriate place to be uh, to record uh, this message as we continue the series fake news and in Galatians chapter 3 and let me begin by asking you guys a question uh, raise your hand how many of you have uh, ever been locked up how many of you have ever served time raise your hand listen uh, don't do that I'm just kidding don't raise your hand uh, people might think something else about you. Okay, but don't raise your hand. I was just kidding. Uh, but the reason I ask is because Paul, in these verses that uh, we're going to be reading today, in today's passage, he's going to make a comparison between the law or all the rules and regulations of the Old Testament and prison. He's going to make this comparison. Now listen, prison is not a fun place to be, uh, not as an inmate and not even as a visitor. In fact, one time I went to go visit a cousin of mine and uh, man, it was an awful experience. They treated me like a criminal myself. Uh, man, I was pat down in every uh, which way and everywhere you didn't want to be patted. Uh, they put me through countless uh, metal detectors. They yelled at me. They beat me with a stick. All right, well, maybe not that last part. They didn't go that far. But, but yeah, it's a miserable place to be. It's not a fun place. You get the point. Prison is miserable. All your freedoms are taken away from you. They're ripped away from you and you're confined to one place at all time. And this is the comparison that Paul is making about the law and our sin. 
And essentially he says this, uh, this is number one in your notes. If you take out your message notes, I love to hear the clicking of the pen. So go ahead, take those out. Number one in your notes is this, that we are all locked up to the law. We are all locked up to the law. And Paul says it this way in Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. It says this, Before this faith came, we were confined under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith was revealed. Did you ever view your sin that way? Remember what we mentioned last week, that the law was to show us our sin. So the law isn't bad, but it does show us every way that we fall short. The law shows us the problem, and the problem is that before a holy and righteous God, we fall incredibly short, and we're helpless and powerless to do anything about it. You see, the law is the presentation of the problem without the solution. The law can show us our problem, but it's powerless to take us out of the problem. And in a way, that makes us a prisoner. You know, one of my pet peeves as a leader is the presentation of problems without solutions. There are problems all around us, even in our organization, in our church. There's a bunch of shortcomings and issues, there's fires to put out and such. But the mere presentation of a problem doesn't do anything. It doesn't bring any solutions. And the only way that we can make strides forward and see improvements is by presenting a solution. The law, in a sense, is the bearer of bad news without the good news. And without good news, without the solution, it is essentially a life sentence in prison. We're locked up to the law. You know, but thankfully there is a solution. And while the law simply shows us our sin and imprison us, imprisons us, there was a promise of one who would fulfill the law on our behalf. And this is number two in your notes. It's this, is that Jesus frees us from our imprisonment. Jesus frees us from our imprisonment. And it says it this way, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. He says, but since that faith, which is faith in the promised one, faith in that the seed, the promised one that was promised to Abraham in the Old Testament, even before the law, the promised one in Jesus, has come, we are no longer under a guardian. And no longer under the guardian of the law or no longer in prison, in other words. In verse 26, for through faith you are all sons of God in Christ Jesus. The problem was our sin and our inability to uphold the law. And the solution is only found through faith in Jesus. And without Jesus, we stand in the dark, cold, and hopeless cell that is our sin, chained to our inability to uphold the law. And to top it off, not only do we stand guilty because of our sin, but we also sit on death row to face eternal separation from God. But in enters Jesus, and He comes in and unfastens the shackles of the law wrapped around our wrists, and He takes the key and unlocks the cell and, and swings open the gate, and He lets us walk free. But not only does He do that, He also takes our place on death row. You see, Jesus steps in as the only one who could fulfill the law perfectly without sin. And as such, He's the only one that can stand before God as the perfect atonement on our behalf. Jesus takes your place. Jesus takes my place on death row and He faces the death penalty, the penalty that you and I owed on our behalf. Jesus carries our cross and He climbs up our hill and He hangs for us and He died in our place. The cross was meant for me. That punishment was meant for my sin. And what I deserve to be is forever separated 
from God and drown in my own despair and in my own hopelessness. But instead, Jesus steps in our place and he frees us from our prison sentence and then faces death row for us. You know, in this passage, Paul calls the law a guardian. But since Jesus is the greater guardian, he steps in the way of death and he faces it for us. Because Jesus was the perfect and sinless Lamb of God, his death was sufficient to satisfy the wrath of God, which was in every way intended for you and for me. But not only did Jesus step in to pay our penalty and free us from the prison of our sin, Jesus also, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and because he's the very author of life, is raised from the dead. This is important for us to note because not only is Jesus powerful enough to free us from death, he is also power en powerful enough to give us life. And as Jesus is raised to life, we too are raised to newness of life. And because of that new life, number three in your notes is this, in Christ, we have a new identity. In Christ, we have a new identity. The last couple of verses, as we wrap up chapter 3, let's read verse 27 and 28, says this, For those of you who are baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. Hey guys, these are powerful verses. Why don't you read these verses out loud with me together? Ready? Go. For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. You know, I love the picture that Paul paints here of being clothed with Christ. And he compares it to baptism. You see, baptism is an outward expression of an inward change of heart. When someone surrenders to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and accepts God's free gift of grace and forgiveness of sin, it's a decision between that person and God. But baptism is an outward expression of that public declaration and that decision. It's showing the rest of the world that a person has put their faith in Jesus. You know, when someone would be baptized, they would be submerged under the water and they would come out and put on new clothes. And Paul is saying here that when you're baptized into Christ, you are clothed in Christ. You are wearing new clothes. You have a new identity. And what that means is this, that if the law and our sin is a prison, then apart from Christ, we are clothed in an orange prison jumpsuit, just like the one in the picture behind me. But through faith in Jesus, Jesus removes our shackles and he removes our chains, and he removes our prison clothes, and he clothes us with new clothing. He clothes us with a new wardrobe. Our identity is no longer branded by our inability to uphold the law. And this is so important for us to note because so often we tend to find our identity apart from Christ. We find it in other things other than who we are in Christ. We're tempted to find our identity in our ethnicity, right? We can take pride in how God has created us ethnically, but your identity shouldn't be found in that. We are tempted to find our identity in our economic standing. If I have a lot of money, then obviously I must be very valuable, then I'm important, then I'm esteemed. If I don't have a lot, then I must be invaluable. But rich or poor, before God, we're all sinners in desperate need for a savior, 
And we all have the same outcome that apart from Christ, we're all destined for an eternity apart from God. But in Jesus, we can all come together and participate in the richness and generosity of God through the provision that He's made for us in Jesus. We can be tempted to find our identity in our gender. And we can have the little rascals uh, syndrome, right? Have you guys ever seen uh, that movie, right? Boys rule, girls drool, or girls rule and boys drool. But ultimately, our identity doesn't come uh, from our gender. Praise God that He made man and woman both in His image and to complement each other. But our identity is found in who we are in Christ. Paul says, For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. In Christ, we obtain a new identity. We go from prisoner to free, from sinner to forgiven, from destined to eternal separation from the Father to the promise of an eternity with Him. Where do you find your identity? Don't be tempted to follow the rest of this world and gain your identity from these other things. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, then you are imprisoned to your sin. But the good news is that Jesus came to set prisoners free. And you no longer have to be bondage to your sin. You too can experience freedom. You can experience forgiveness, acceptance, and redemption by putting your faith in Jesus. So if that's you today and you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, it's a decision between you and God. And you can make that right now in your heart, in your seat. But as your church family, we'd love to come around you to support you, to encourage you, to celebrate. The Bible says that heaven throws a party. The angels rejoice and celebrate when one sinner comes to repentance. Why can't we join in and have fun as well and celebrate that with you? And so the way you can let us know is by taking out that connection card and on the back, check it off. Said, I made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. And as your church family, we want to celebrate with you. We want to encourage you. We want to put a Bible in your hand. And we want to be your spiritual family and help you take next steps on your faith journey. Now I'm gonna invite you know, our uh, musicians and I'm gonna invite our worship team to come up here. They're gonna lead us in one more song. And as they do this, I'm gonna say a prayer. And you can pray along with me. You can pray your own prayer. You thank God uh, as, he, as they sing this song, as they lead us in this last worship song, thank God that he sets prisoners free through Jesus. That we were in prison to our sin, but that we are set free because of Jesus Christ. Would you guys bow your heads, close your eyes, and join me in this prayer. Pray with me. God, thank you for showing us the hopelessness that we have because of our sin. The law shows us our sin, and without that, how would we know to look to you? Thank you for sending Jesus to free us from our imprisonment. And thank you that in him we have a new identity, one that isn't defined by our past, that isn't defined by other things that the world deems valuable. We are children of God through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.